0: Good morning, Brita Wallace here. Uh, Today I want to talk about a new topic and I want to talk about boundaries, okay? So we all need boundaries in our lives to protect our emotional and mental health. They help us thrive to be the best people that we can be. So a few questions that I have for you is, have you had to create healthy boundaries in your life or do you need to? Or is that a struggle for you? Um, believe me, I really didn't even know what boundaries were until a few years ago. And I'm still learning where I need to create boundaries and how to recognize, um, you know, if I actually need to create a boundary or, you know, maybe I've put up a wall instead where I need a boundary um, in place. You know, I've done this in my marriage, even in parenting. Um, I think because of just things that I have dealt with in my life. So I think that it's important that we talk about this subject, um, especially in regards to uh, family and parent education, because I think it's so important. We don't always realize that we um, are setting up walls instead of necessary boundaries in our home. And we don't always know what boundaries means exactly. So I just wanna give you a few definitions from a few different sources. So positive psychology notes that the definition of a boundary is a limit or space where you begin and the other person ends. And the purpose of setting a healthy boundary is to protect and take good care of yourself. Okay, so Prism Health in north carolina states that healthy boundaries are those that are set to make sure you are mentally and emotionally stable okay so they go hand in hand really um and we really need to secure our mental and emotional stability especially in our homes if we don't have boundaries um our buckets are going to get very very empty and I think in life that just happens anyway if we're not taking good care of ourselves as parents or as people, especially when we have children. Because as moms, um, I can say for sure that we always want to put others before us and before our own needs. And I'm sure as dads, um, you know, dads do that too. I just can't really speak for them. But I'm just as parents, you know, we always want to put our children ahead of ourselves. Um, and I think, you know, age appropriately yeah you have to do that when your kids are babies and they're totally helpless but as they grow we have to start giving them independence and it's a boundary um, where we can say you are capable of doing this um, and i'm not going to do this for you anymore i'm going to teach you and give you the skills uh, that you need to be able to do that for yourself right So there's just one example of a boundary and how you can create a boundary in your home, you know, age appropriately, allowing your kids to be capable for things and doing them for themselves. So, you know, are you implementing boundaries in your home? You know, are there relationships in your life that are in need of better boundaries or maybe more clear boundaries or just even stable and consistent ones? So maybe you have created boundaries in your home and maybe the boundaries you've created you know, you pull them out of your back pocket sometimes and you use them um, and say, you know, this is not gonna happen, uh, I don't want you to behave this way or, um, you know, I don't want you to talk to me this way. But that comes out, um, out of anger or that comes from a place of hurt um, and it's not consistent and it's not stable. And for a boundary to uh, work the way that it's supposed to, we need to be consistent And stable with our boundaries for them to protect our emotional and mental health for them to help us thrive to be better people we have to be consistent with them and that is so so important so um you know if boundaries are a struggle for you there's no better time than to learn you know how to create boundaries and start implementing them into your life there's no better time to learn than the present right we can only move forward i don't ever want to focus on um moving backwards. In parent and family education, I don't ever want to focus on, oh, well, I haven't done this or I didn't do this, so now I feel like a bad parent or I'm coming from a place of shame. I never, ever, ever want to focus on that um, as I'm teaching families because that's going to be something that trips you up and holds you back. And those are lies. We can only move forward. Yes, we can You know, maybe ask for forgiveness if there's a situation that's really, really pressing and you have conviction about it, but then we move forward. We take That, I mean, anytime you ask somebody for forgiveness, I've never asked somebody for forgiveness where they have not told me that they didn't forgive me. You know, most people are willing, you know, because we're relational um, to forgive, especially when somebody is humbling themselves and asking for that forgiveness. So if there's a situation in your life where you need to ask for forgiveness, ask for forgiveness and then move on and create that boundary with yourself where you're not gonna be stuck in like this guilt or shame place because that's not healthy and we want to uh, use boundaries to get us to a healthy place so that's what we're talking about today mm-hmm. so. The book Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend says that having clear boundaries is essential to a healthy, balanced lifestyle. Okay, so they say that boundaries impact all areas of our lives. Physically, they help us to determine who may touch us and under what circumstances. Right. So mentally, they give us the freedom to have our own thoughts and opinions, and emotionally, they help us to deal with our own emotions and disengage from the harmful, manipulative emotions of others. And spiritually they help us to distinguish god's will from our own and give us a renewed awe for our creator so boundaries are just simply a limit that we set for ourselves and for when we deal with others okay So simply a limit that we set for ourselves when we deal with others. Um, And the thing we need to understand as parents is that our children are not born with boundaries. And I feel like this is an idea that people don't even give any thought to. You know, it's not like you're not thinking about it. You're denying this fact. It's just that we don't often think about it. So, you know, it is our job as parents to set necessary boundaries with and for our children and then to teach them to our children. Right. So it's not enough to just say, this is what is expected of you. We have to guide. We have to lead. We have to model um, those boundaries that we have in our home. If we're saying, you know, there's a boundary in my home where I have set and I'm going to talk about it because it's my greatest, greatest struggle. Okay. I grew up exposed to a lot of yelling. Okay. So there was just a lot of yelling uh, chaos all the time around me. This is what I do not handle the most in my life. I cannot handle yelling and chaos. But when that is going on around me and my buckets are empty and I am just like totally done and it's like constant for um hours. I mean, sometimes if I'm being honest, let me just be completely raw and vulnerable with you right now, is that even if it's not going on for a long period of time and my buckets are just super duper empty, I'm having a really hard time dealing with that chaos and yelling. I will end up yelling in return, which is actually a physiological response because that's how our brain works. They call it the flipped lid. Like one person's lid is flipped and then it causes everybody else's lid to flip as well. And we have to be really intentional to not allow that to happen to us. And I have not entirely figured out how to do that successfully every single time. Week by week day by day, month by month, year by year, I'm getting better at this. Um, And it depends on what's going on in my life too, I think. And I really want to get to a place where that none of those matter. None of the circumstances that are surrounding me matter. um, And that I can just remain calm in every situation and be a peacemaker. It's something that I pray about all the time. Um, And I know that God gives us the desires of our heart, and I also know that there is a reason why I'm not 100% there, and I also know that the refining process is so delicate, and it takes a long time. It's not a quick fix, so I have to remind myself of that when I do lose my cool sometimes, and I get really, really hard on myself because I don't want my kids exposed to that environment, and I don't... um, And I just don't want to parent that way. I don't want to parent that way. I feel like in a sense when I do, I go to this place and I don't stay there. And and I, and I just want to admit this place that I go because I go to this place where I feel like, man, I'm unqualified for what I'm doing. How am I supposed to teach people this is not the way to go when I can't control this all the time in myself? And I'm saying that because... I have to really remind myself that the refining process is a process. It is not, um, you know, a simple prayer and then everything is removed of, of years of, you know, being exposed to something and then suppressing it and then trying to deal with it. And as I try to deal with it, it comes out, right? So... I think that it's really important that we're honest, you know, with each other, with our struggles. And I think that it's important that um, we admit like, this is a boundary that I have. I don't want anybody to be yelling here. It is a rule that we have. We're not yelling. We use nice, kind voices. That's how I, oh, you know, that is a rule in my house. That is a boundary. We use nice, kind voices. We are a family and we love each other, right? We need to treat each other that way. But is that always the way that it is? Are we not human and are we not flawed? I mean, we're never gonna be perfect, right? And I talk about that all the time because I feel like as parents, we're so hard on ourselves sometimes. And even when we create these boundaries, sometimes it's hard for us to follow them, especially if our buckets are not filled. And I wanna say that following the boundaries and teaching and modeling our kids to our kids, it's so very important. But we also make mistakes. So I think that it's also important that when we do make a mistake, that we humble ourselves and apologize. And that teaches our children so much, guys. It does. You know, like I didn't grow up in a time where parents apologized to their kids or admitted that they were wrong. I mean, that just wasn't a time that I grew up in. I've seen some things happen and I'm not even just talking about my own family, but in other families too, where I'm like, man, that really constitutes as an apology. I remember thinking that as a child, like, You know, obviously not that deep into it, but like this, that parent really owes this child an apology and it didn't happen, you know, for years or years or years or maybe not at all. And I really think that that's a disservice to our children because that's teaching them that they don't have to apologize either. And I'm just going to tell you that we can say things to our kids all day long, but they're going to model our behavior the most. They learn the most by modeling. And that is a fact. So yes, we're going to teach them things. Some children, you know, totally take, you know, their parents' behavior and they, you know, shut down and they do everything that they can to not be like their parent. But there's a lot of internalization that's going on in in there as well. So I think that you know, being able to admit that we make mistakes as parents and not, you know, that we're not always going to be perfect and that our children are not going to be perfect either. And to not expect, you know, so much uh, perfection from the people in our lives because we're never going to be those people. So sometimes boundaries get crossed and we have to uh, just reassess the situation. We have to fill our buckets where necessary or make sure our children's buckets are uh, filled. I feel like children cross boundaries a lot or their behavior uh is labeled as bad because there's something that they're lacking. Uh, there is something, a need of theirs that is not being met or they're lacking skills. So they're not always 100% um, able to follow the boundaries that we set in place for them in every single moment. And that has to be okay, but we have to have boundaries in place and we have to be consistent with them. Just because we're not always able to meet them a hundred percent of the time does not mean that we cannot be consistent and stable with our boundaries, okay? So even though sometimes yelling takes place in our house, I will go, like, if it's from me uh, personally, I will go. And I always say, Mommy should not have responded that way. We need to use nice, kind voices because we are a family and we love each other. And I am very, very sorry. Will you please forgive me, you know, for for losing my cool for a minute, you know? And sometimes with the yelling, I, I say, I'm getting very angry right now and I wanna be respectful to you. So I need to walk away. Or I need a minute, especially because I do have one child that's like, I mean, I don't say that to my baby, that's a little different, but I do have, you know, an almost four-year-old who's just constantly like really needs a lot of attention, um, has always been like that is starting to do well with playing by himself and stuff. um, But he has ADHD also, so he's lacking skills. And some of that comes out behaviorally. And sometimes it's very, very hard to deal with. And even though I know these things, it still angers me sometimes. And I need to walk away. And that's often something that I say, I want to be respectful to you. um, And I am getting angry. And he can relate to that because he gets angry too about things and he doesn't necessarily know how to handle those emotions. And I'm learning too. Um, But that's teaching him that, you know, for him to say, I'm getting angry and I want to be respectful to you and to walk away. He's going to internalize that. You know, my mom is really trying to be respectful to me, even though she's angry and she's going to walk away and take five minutes and he's going to grow to learn that that's what he can do, too. That's just, you know, one coping mechanism that he can use to do that. And I think that that's super duper important, right? So let me give you some tools that um, can help you with learning where kids need boundaries um, in their lives. And these come straight from Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend's boundaries, boundaries with kids book and they uh, have 10 boundary principles that kids need to know that they say. And I think that these guys, they're just, they have a a few different books on boundaries, uh, not just boundaries with kids, but they have a few different books on boundaries. So if you do not know how um, to create boundaries, I'm going to give you these 10 boundary principles that they say, but I highly recommend that you read these books. If you want to dig deeper into boundaries, if maybe you don't know about boundaries. Um, And I have learned from my coaches that I work with that we always need to resource up. So I'm not ever going to give somebody all of the information, even with my coaching clients. I'm, I'm giving, um, I'm giving them resources for them. You know, I will give you some tips and tricks and tools and techniques and things that I have learned, but for you to dig in deeper to them, I'm always going to give you a resource to resource up. Right? So, That's really, really important. So if you need to dig deeper into boundaries and you want the resource, I highly recommend their books. So again, it's Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend. Those are the authors and they write books um, specifically, I'm not sure if they have other books out there, I'm sure that they may, um, but on boundaries. So you can type in boundaries, Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend. Uh, They have a book that's just boundaries and then one that uh, is Boundaries with Kids, which those are the two that I own and that I know of and they're great books. and They dig really uh, deep into boundaries and I really um, feel that these guys are the most credible source when we're talking about boundaries. So the boundaries kids need to know, what are these 10 boundary principles that Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend talk about? So number one, the law of reaping and sowing. So kids need to think what will happen if I do this, okay? Number two, the law of responsibility. Kids need to understand that they need to pull their own weight and that they take care of things themselves. What does it teach our children if we are doing everything for them, okay? So number three, the law of power. They need to understand that they cannot do everything, but they aren't helpless either, okay? That's a balancing act, right? So number four, the law of respect. Our kids need to know that they are not the only one who matters. The world does not revolve around them, okay? So with the whole respect thing, I'm getting angry. I want to respect you. I want to be respectful for to you. That's such a powerful statement that we can say to our kids. And it's just one little small way that we can teach them to respect others because they can say, Well, I'm getting angry too. Angry is a natural emotion, but I still need to respect this person. I'm not the only one that my anger is going to affect. So let me go over here and deal with it while I'm still being respectful to that person because the world doesn't revolve around me. It's not my anger doesn't just affect me. It affects those around me too. So that's just an example for you um, because we talked about that, right? So number five, the law of motivation they need to fear the consequences of their actions and they need to be able to experience internal reward, uh, reward excuse me and they need to be taught the value and ethics of the family and they need to experience mature unconditional love and even mature guilt that gets them to see the consequences of their actions and we will really dig into consequences, um, and what they are and the difference between consequences and punishment and the fine lines there, because there's very, very fine lines there. And I believe more in natural consequences than I do logical consequences. Um, and I really believe in problem solving, uh, over, um, logical consequences, but I do believe that kids need consequences for their actions. I will just tell you a quick, um, just a quick story that goes along with this. A few weeks ago, we were at my mother-in-law's house and my child had some, uh, taken some chocolate from, uh, his great aunt's room. And the consequence, he asked me if he could have chocolate and I had told him no. So he went and he took it anyway, you know, sometime after. And I told him that he, Um, when he took the chocolate, I took it away from him and I threw it in the garbage. Okay. I didn't, even though it was opened, even though it belonged to somebody, I mean, nobody else was going to eat it in that moment. I didn't want that to happen because I feel like that's just causing, um, you're just causing a power struggle right there. If I put it in my mouth and ate it, he would have lost his mind, but I made him throw it in the garbage actually. And then I asked him, you know, I didn't, I didn't, uh, demeaningly ask him, what do you think you need to do now? You know, I wasn't like, what do you think you need to do? You need to go apologize. And I didn't actually tell him what he needed to do either, which is a, which is language that we can get very confused with. So I asked him, you know, what did mommy ask? What did mommy tell you about the candy that I could have some later, you know, after dinner? Right. So, and what did you decide to do? Well, I decided to take it. And what what do you think? Um, that's, you know, do you know what that means when we're taking things that don't belong to us? And he's like, no mama, tell me. And I was like, well, that's stealing Jack, you know? And, and he's like, looks at me. And, and I said, and you know, stealing is not right. We have to ask people if we're allowed to have something you did ask me. And the answer was no. Um, and now you cannot have, and, and I asked him again, what do you think is going to happen now? And he was like, I don't know, tell me. So I'm like, okay, well, now you're not going to be able to have any candy today at all um, because you stole that. Okay, so there's a consequence. And I believe that that's a logical consequence. I didn't take, you know, his iPad away from him for taking candy. That doesn't really match the crime, right? Um, And I hate using that, that word crime. I just, I have to come up with a better way to say that. But then I said, and what do you think you need to do now? And he said, I need to go apologize to Aunt Heather for taking her candy. And I said, yes, you do. And he went and he apologized. But I, if I yelled at him, if I accused him of being a stealer, if I said, you need to go apologize to her right now, do you think that's getting to his heart and teaching him about stealing and to teaching him how that was wrong? He got to come up with that response himself. And if we give kids the chance to do that, you know, it's funny that we have so many high expectations of children, but then we don't allow them to come up with the answer themselves. We're always imposing our will on them as parents. I mean, that happens all the time. So I think the language of fearing the consequences of their actions, I get where they're going with this. I don't necessarily like it said that way. I believe that, you know, and they knew, they do. They need to experience um you know, not only that internal reward for, uh, for things, you know, with the law of motivation that we're talking about here in number five, but they also need to experience, you know, internal heart change where he decided, you know, That was wrong for me to do and now I need to go apologize. This constitutes an apology because I was wrong and he decided that all on his own. And he's not even four guys, so we can teach our children how to do this, believe me. And I have a child who is mentally um, and emotionally, his maturity in those areas is three years behind and he still was able to understand that this is what he needed to do. How deeply he understands this at that age, especially with his challenges that he has with ADHD, I don't know, but I know that I am, planting those seeds. Okay. So number six, the law of evaluation. Kids need to understand that doing something they don't want to do or something that pains them to do. So if we're talking about physically, this could be like ballet, right? Um, Ballet is very physically challenging when you first start doing it. I mean, just think about those ballerinas that are taking the tape off their toes, right? And they are... Uh, their toes are bleeding and they, uh, really have to work hard, but they, you know, are doing, um, they're doing this because, um, this can be a gift for them. It can uncover talent. It can give them great internal reward when they see that the fruits of their labor has paid off, right? They're learning something. Just like I can think about starting playing the guitar. When you start playing that, it hurts your fingers. Number one, I have to cut my nails so short and I'm not used to that. So that hurts. And then digging into those strings, it hurts your fingers until your fingers get used to that. So and honestly, my fingers haven't gotten used to that. I haven't played enough um, consistently where my fingers have gotten used to that at all. So every time I pick up the guitar and play it, it hurts. But I know that if I start consistently doing that and I learn how to play it, and that's going to be such a great internal reward for me, right? So the law, number seven, sorry, skipped ahead a little bit. The law of proactivity. Our kids need to understand that tantrums do not work. And they need help developing problem solving skills instead, guys. Okay. So, um, I am so into problem solving and I cannot wait to dig into that topic with you guys and to teach you about that because it's so, so good. And it is the answer to so many things when it comes to discipline. So can't wait to dig into that deeper with you, um, coming up here. Um, And then number eight is the law of envy. Okay, kids need to learn that they are happier when they are thankful and not wishing that they were someone else or that they had what someone else has. And we can help our children by teaching our children gratitude. And I just want to tell you a little bit of something that goes along with this. Um, The other day I was on the phone with one of my clients and she was talking about how her daughter got in the car from school and she was just complaining, 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 complaining. I wish that I had the jobs that these children had, you know, the kids in her class. And I said to her, you know, and her mom really handled the situation well and she uh, was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that you're telling me about your day and the struggles that you had and now let me hear about some positives that you had in your day. And I think that this was such a good way to reframe it. She's acknowledging her daughter, right? We've talked about this um, before and she used these tools and she's acknowledging her daughter's feelings and I'm so glad that you're telling me about your day and how you struggled and now let me hear Three positive things. That's exactly what she said, I'm pretty sure. Three positive things in your day that have happened, right? So it was so good to hear that she reframed that. And one of the things that I said was, you know, I also think that if if that's a situation that you're in again, you know, which i'm sure it will be because our kids often tend to go i just as people we t- tend to focus on the negatives and we really have to have somebody that is teaching us like yes, it's good to acknowledge how you're feeling and w- what you want, but we can't live there. Now tell me what happened in your life that's positive. I mean, even in coaching, this is what, you know, they teach you uh, to focus on the positives. Let's celebrate something. That's something my coach asks me right in the beginning of every single one of our conversations. What are we celebrating this week, right? Mm -hmm. And we talk about, you know, yesterday, um, it was kind of like a dump for me. Um, I really am feeling like this is what I'm celebrating and I'm really feeling this way lately and I'm struggling with this and I need some help here. And I really hate focusing on that cause I don't like to admit those things, but if I'm not admitting them, then I'm internalizing them and I'm not dealing with them. So, um, but I like to portray myself as this nice, big, strong person. So focusing on You know, just those positives. And I think in this situation, and this is a great example to use, is that she was really focusing on wishing that she had someone else's job at school. I really wanted these jobs instead. And I said, I think that adding to that situation, you know, next time this takes place, you can ask her um, or help her to brainstorm why the job that she had was so important. And help her to see the positives in the job that she had. And this is such an important job because, you know, and asking her, well, why do you think, you know, and it's a lot of it's about asking questions. So helping her to become grateful for the job that she had and to realize why her job was important too. And so that next time she has that job, she can be super appreciative of it, right? So number nine is the law of activity. Uh, Kids need to understand that they're going to have to make the first move in life, that they will have to take initiative, that the solution begins with them and not others, right? So sometimes we think about how we want to want things to change. And I just think about the world and how, you know, especially in social media, people are complaining about things all the time. And, And for me, I'm just like... Or, you know, people in my life that I have to hear about, you know, complain about what's going on in the world or be consumed with it. And I'm just like, well, we can either complain about it. I never actually say this, but this is my thoughts. We can complain about these things or we can be so hyper focused on these things. But for me in my life, I want to be the change. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing with parent and family education people don't know what to do they they know that they don't want to raise their kids how they were raised um because that time in society you know everybody was raising their kids that way but now we're like "Mm, i don't know we don't necessarily agree with this or want to do this and they don't really know what to do differently um and instead they'll complain and they'll complain and they'll complain they'll complain or they'll just focus and i don't want to be this way but they don't know what to do right And sometimes we have to realize, you know, for me with parent and family education, that was, you know, my, that was my thoughts always. I don't want to raise my kids in an environment that I was raised in, not because my parents didn't do the best that they could. Um, A lot of people were disciplining that way. And a lot of, you know, and there was a lot of other things going on in my life too, um, that just um, were against, you know, just against, uh, my family at the time, I think. Um, and they absolutely did the best that they could with what they were going through and with what they had, the information that they had and the tools that they had. And, um, you know, they gave us an abundance of love and we felt that, and we are great adults because of that. And there's also things that we internalized, um, because of the information that was lacking, um, and the skills that were lacking. And I want to do something about it. I don't want to complain about it. I don't want to focus on that. I want to do something about it. I want to be the solution because I know that the solution begins with me and it doesn't necessarily begin with others, right? So number 10 is the law of exposure. Kids need to learn the value and importance of being honest and that honesty really is the best policy. And I will tell you that I don't even remember what Jack and I were talking about today But um, he was getting ready for school and he just was like, I had to say to him, okay, Jack, I love talking to you and I'm so glad that you talked to me, but we really need to focus less on talking and we need to focus more on eating. And honestly, because he was talking so much, he did not get to uh, eat his breakfast and he ate some berries and that was it. But if you guys know anything about fruit, fruit processes through your system very, very quickly. So he's going to be very, very hungry Uh, Very, very soon. And they get one snack and the snack that I packed him today was fruit snacks. So again, uh, that's what he wanted. And that's not going to fill him and he's going to have to wait for lunch. And guess what? The next time we have to do uh, the school routine because he doesn't go every single day. So that will actually be next Tuesday. He's probably going to think, and maybe it's going to take one or two times or three or four times, especially because with him, everything takes a little bit longer for him to actually learn, uh, from. And with other kids, it takes one time. That's it. Maybe it will. He always seems to surprise me when I think things are going to go a certain way. Uh, they tend to go a little differently and better than I, than I expect. Right. Sometimes. And, um, but he's going to learn that's a natural consequence guys, you know, like I was, couldn't let him eat breakfast because he had to get on the bus. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, now your time is up. We had a certain amount of time. I showed him the time. I did everything I could to prepare him. I gave him enough time. I even gave him extra time. And he still, I mean, 40 minutes, you know, and he still didn't finish a yogurt and his berries. I mean, he even left like three or four berries just because, you know, he really wanted to uh, just chat away. And, and in that moment... He lied to me about something, and I just looked at him, and I was like, I didn't even have to ask him. He goes, Mama, that was a lie. I go, well, thank you very much. Like, I didn't reprimand him for that. I was very appreciative that at barely four years old, my child knew that it was wrong for him to lie, and he admitted that to me. And it's because I don't make a huge deal about it, okay? So... I don't make a big, huge deal about lying. I explain to him why we don't want to lie, you know, and for me, that also comes from a biblical perspective because, um, we are a faithful family and, you know, I explained to him why God says it's not okay to lie and, you know, why we don't want him to lie and why. It's always better to be honest and upfront with me about things. And he, if he's honest with me, he doesn't get in trouble. And he knew that it was a safe place to tell me, Mama, that was a lie. And I said to him, thank you, Jack, for telling me that. And um, I really appreciate that you were honest with me about lying. And we want to make sure that we're not lying in the future, right? Which I could have even done better in that situation and said, you know, what do we want to make sure, you know, asking him a question so he could answer instead. And I didn't, I imposed my will on him there, but it wasn't in a punitive way. Um, and as parents were learning, I'm learning, I'm learning this new problem solving and, and speaking in a different language as well. So those are the boundaries. Um, and I know that I just dug deep into boundaries today and gave you a few scenarios, um, that would uh, help you to relate to them really. So the challenge, for you, I always like to give a challenge along with tools is to think about where you need to work on setting boundaries that are necessary with your children. And again, if you need more information and help, resource up or um, resource up and purchase. Or borrow Boundaries with Kids. I'm sure that you can find them uh, at your local library or they can order them for you. They're always willing to do that. So if you don't want to purchase the books, then borrow them. Um, And they, again, are by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. And I thank you for tuning in. I look forward to next time with you. And I appreciate you guys so much. Love you guys. Take care. Have a great day.